Just take a deep breath. <laughs> take get, a deep breath. Get the jitters out. I can take a half a breath. Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith and ministry here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. And I'm Josh Hawk. And we're here today with a good personal friend of yours, Josh, Terry Smith. Yeah, and Terry has red hair. Yep. Yeah. Well, that I I was trying to, I was testing out your microphone earlier and I was trying to be you. And then I was David's trying like, to... I'm Terry. I have red hair. Oh, that's cute. That off the top of my head, that's all I could come up with. <laughs> I'm Terry. I have red hair. And that's where all my value lies. Yeah. <laughs> so, okay. Terry, oh, I love your red hair, but I know that you're so much more than your red hair. Thank you. Thanks. Oh. Yeah. So, Terry, <laughs> welcome to the show. Thank you. Um, what do you want to talk about? Oh come on! <laughs> <laughs> so Terry, you just you just moved here a couple of years ago, yes? Yes, probably actually longer. Yeah, it's been a, it's been a weird move here because I've been in and out of Japan, and so moving here happened about seven years ago, I believe. But then the first time the first well when I first moved here, and then I've just kind of gone back and forth to to Japan so oh, okay. so my moving date feels weird cuz i haven't been here the whole time yeah i met you a couple of years ago and you said mm. you had just come from japan so i assumed that meant y- you, you moved, from moved japan. here from japan that's not true well i mean it is but it is also <laughs> not 100% <laughs> like i yeah i had moved here from back from japan but i i wasn't from japan so sure uh, yeah so, it's con- it's confusing yeah what were you doing in japan <laughs> um well i i taught english there which is what all foreigners do in japan apparently <laughs> not really but it's people kind of think that they're like okay either you're teaching english or you're in the military mm-hmm. and you're like well actually i do this they're like oh hmm <laughs> That's different. So I also did um, ministry there. I um, worked with a organization. I still um, work with them. It's called the Megumi Project, and Megumi means grace. And it's a project that started. It was birthed after the tsunami in 2011, and there was a lot of people that lost their homes, and so a lot of women needed to have a second job or to have a job at all because some of them were just you know their husbands had the the main job and they just were at home. And so anyhow, we, they upcycle vintage kimonos and they take vintage kimonos and make them into new products like handbags and all kinds of stuff. So I helped with, with that. Oh, so cool. Yeah, that's great. And so you just recently moved here and actually got pretty hooked up in a lot of the ministry work of all one recently. You, yeah. You mm-hmm. began working with Linda Joe, our friend at Community of Hope. Yep, that's yeah. right. So tell us about that. You um, you started there. Has it been March? A year? No, it's not. It feels like a lot of time has. Yeah, it feels passed, like at least a year. I feel like a lot of things have happened in the time that I've mm. been there, and so yeah. it feels like I could have been there for a year or more. Like it just that's just how it feels. Yeah, but right. I've been there since March, and yeah, I'm the assistant director. 
Yeah, that's so great. So how did um, how did you get interested in, in that kind of work? Because that's a lot different from what you were doing before. Yeah, um, the similarities in what I was doing before, like I guess there's the one piece that is the same is that I was working with women that needed help and then I'm working with uh, mostly women that need help. And they're very different, but um, one of them needed, they needed housing in Japan, but it was, they just needed, um, they needed housing because their housing was washed Mm -hmm. away. And then the other needed housing um, here in Portland because it's, we just have a housing crisis right now. And some of it's been past choices that they've made. Um, A lot of it has been past choices that they've made that they're now in a situation where it's really, really hard um, to get into housing, yeah. hard to get a job, hard to get a job that pays. All of them are single parents, um, and that brings on a lot of challenges. Yeah. yeah. So I got connected. Um, Josh, actually, Josh Hawk um, was the one that um, first said, hey, I feel like, how awkward. <laughs> I have a phone call right now. Nice. But My phone's gone off on the podcast, too. This is so embarrassing. Right. I'm so so popular. It's part of it. Like we This is like real life. Yeah. It's it's real and authentic. And we talked about that with Sam about being <laughs> real and authentic. So it's true. That yeah. we are real I, people. I thought I had turned this off and I was like, I, I better turn that off because I know someone's gonna call me yeah. during the time <laughs> during That's the great. podcast. We could of course. We, we could cut that out. Or we could leave it in. Whatever. We don't cut. <laughs> we don't we, cut we're out not anything. exclusion areas. We, <laughs> we've, we're we've inclusive here, David. We've, we've left in so many mistakes in this podcast. It's great. It's great. Um, so, Terry, <laughs> you you mentioned that common thread, you know, of helping we could you know helping women specifically, but yeah. um, probably helping you know those who are more vulnerable. Mm-hmm. Um, like, why? Why do I care about yeah, people? Yeah, why do you care about people, Terry? <laughs> yeah. Why, um, no, why, what, why like, do people matter? Yeah. Like, uh, like going back to pre-Japan, you know, pre-Community yeah. of Hope, yeah. um, what are some of the things like that stirred up in your heart or maybe some of the things that you experienced personally, you know, or mm-hmm. like what has brought you to the place where you are now? Yeah. Um, so one memory that really stands out to me is back in college when I was in university, I was a part of this ministry team and we would travel around to different camps and we would, um, we would work with, with people and, um, youth mainly. Um, and I remember there was this group of people that there, this, and we were in Texas and there was this, this group of, um, teenagers and they were a part of this program that was working with some rough kids, right? And they're like, hey, you guys are gonna, you guys are gonna stay with this group of kids. And well, one of them might run away. You're gonna be with the worst ones, right? You're gonna not the worst ones, sorry. But like the ones that mm, they they kind of they're gonna, yeah. Try it. They're gonna try it. And I'm like, oh, great. Okay, this is a week without sleep or whatever. And and so we we get there and I meet these kids and I'm like, wow, they are, yeah, they're rough, but they are honest mm-hmm. and they are like during that one week, it's like they learned, a lot of them had been putting on a ton of makeup and getting their value mm-hmm. from the boys at camp or whatever. And I remember watching them and being like, oh gosh, you're so much more than than this mm-hmm. and I and seeing them just in that you know how camp goes there's a lot can happen within that week 
and watching some major breakthrough and having them open up and really talking about their deeper hurts and their and their pains and and me walking away from that experience I remember hugging this one individual girl who really had opened up to me and I'm hugging her goodbye and I still have this photograph someone had taken a someone took a photo of it and me hugging her and reminding her that like her life matters and that she mm. matters and her circumstances are hideous. They're horrible. Um, and she, she had tried to commit suicide. She had a lot of marks on her body, scars everywhere from her hurting herself, self harm. And I remember in that moment thinking, I need to work with young girls at the time, young girls mm. that are becoming women and young women who are needing to be reminded that they matter and that life, you know, to live again, to choose life. And so that's just kind of played throughout um, the rest. You know, I was on a drama team, which is kind of funny because I like both of those things. I, I like performing, but I also like people matter and I want to speak truth and love into them. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's interesting how... Your your whole life and your whole outlook changes when you when you get to know individual people who are right. who are in uh, dire circumstances. You were talking earlier about the people at Community of Hope and and you mentioned some of their needs are or some of their situation is because of their own making and mm-hmm. some of it is not because of their own making. Right. And, the pushback that I hear all the time is, well, they shouldn't have gotten themselves into trouble. Right. Yeah, I mean, fine. People people make mistakes, but um, uh, when you start to walk with people and you start to get to know them on a personal level, you realize, yeah, people people make some bad mistakes. Maybe that mistake shouldn't cost them the rest of their entire life, right. you know, maybe there's a human beyond, uh, you know, that little snarky comment you just made. Right. Mm. Right. Well, and, and also what I just was thinking when you were even talking about that, like it's their choice. Oh, well, it's their choices that they made. That was a bad choice of theirs. And yes, they, they, they do have to kind of walk through that and like, you know, they're in this kind of situation because of their choices. There are consequences. We cannot run away from the consequences of our choices, but what I kept thinking is that um, our brokenness is not always, it's not always a choice. Like, if that makes yeah. sense. Like, mm. the, the fact that we are, um, some of our past trauma that we've, we are, are is now <sighs> affecting us deeply, it's like, oh, well, that actually happened because of my parents' choice that is now affecting me. Or, uh, you know... I was a born born with this, you know, whatever it may be. You know, I'm born into this poverty. I'm born into these other choices that people have made before I was even alive or something that has happened to me um, because of someone else's, you know, as Christians, that's what we call sin, when sin entered into the world. And so it's like, mm. as a Christian, we can look at it of like, hey, this person is affected by deep, deep sin and, and it's generational in a lot of cases. And so it's like, 
we can't escape brokenness, but what do we do with brokenness? How do we face brokenness is like a big part of my question, I guess. Mm. That's interesting. That's a, there's this thing throughout the old Testament you see of people suffering and other people thinking, well, their parents or their grandparents sinned. So they are now suffering. You see in the book of John, some guy's blind and right. um, and people say, who sinned, him or his parents? Right, 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 right. Uh, because to, to make him blind. And, and a lot of us tend to see that and think, well, yeah, that's, I mean, that's what people thought, but let's be real, that's not the case. Not the but case, right. trauma and and rough situation like those things sometimes do come generationally if if yeah. uh, if if someone's great grandpa used to beat the tar out of her grandpa and then her grandpa beat the life out of her dad and you know yeah, like these just... these things do move through generations sinful things can keep mm-hmm. going trauma yeah. bears and, and more trauma break, bears more you can more break trauma. that but you like that takes the like some deep intervention from the Lord and, you know, yeah. Um, but it's, it's hard when you're looking at, you know, you're looking at someone and, and they're, they're facing their life and they're like, why is my life a mess? And it's a lot of times they're like, oh man, it just, oh, of course, this always happens to me. This kind mm-hmm. of stuff always happens to me. Yeah. And, um, and yeah, there's some parts of it where I'm like, well, you're choosing some of that, right. but then there's these, I'm like, well, but your past, I can't mm-hmm. imagine who would I be if I had your, your upbringing and the way that you, I, yeah. re- I remember when I was in elementary school, I was at the roll away. The, it was a local uh, place that we would go roller skating, of course. And this individual girl who was my friend, she still had her roller skates on. She, and she was taking them off and, and her and her mom had their roller skates and they were going to take them with them. And they were the they were the rollaways roller skates, and I was like, whoa, whoa! I was like, you're taking the the roll, but those are we rented those from here. You can't take them; they're they're not ours. They're like, oh, we're just gonna. She looked at me. She's like, oh, we're just gonna borrow them. We're just gonna borrow them. And I was like, what? Uh, my parents would have never suggested yeah, that. Yeah, you, can, you her, can't do that. <laughs> you can't. Yeah. You can't do that. Right. But her her parents never like that's what her parents actually taught her was oh we're just Mm. borrowing them Mm. and that was like she's learning at that young elementary age and even before that that because she didn't blink an eye she didn't bat an eye about it It was like Mm. oh yeah this is we're just borrowing it like justified in her mind stealing because they were poor and and so we can't have roller skates all the time and i'm thinking well, I don't have roller skates and that's why I come here and I rent them and and you know, maybe one day I'll have my own, but that's because that's what my my parents had taught me was right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I this last year I've done, you know, some writing and a lot of thinking and reflecting on privilege and um I I do believe like we live in America in a capitalistic culture and um and it it is. I mean, there are countless stories of people having nothing and rising ab- 
above that. You know, like there, there are lots of right. opportunities. Mm-hmm. It doesn't matter, you know, what race, what color nope. skin you have, what color hair you have, <laughs> um, you know, whether you're you're, you're male, male or female. And like there still are barriers. Like I, I, I make that very clear. Um, and there are still a lot, there are tons of injustices in our, in our country. Um, you know, but there are opportunities for, right. for anyone and everyone. And so because of that, it can be easy for us to, um, to be ignorant, I guess, of our privilege, yeah. of our place of privilege. And like for me realizing, oh, my parents went to college just by my parents going to college. I have an upper hand. I have a mentality, a worldview that I am more likely to go to college to like education is a little bit more important. It's not like it, it's not because I had I qualified for something extra. My parents didn't they actually didn't pay a dime for my college tuition like none of the money for college came from my parents but my mom actually went down and filled out a fafsa for me you know like i've talked to others you know where um where they they brought a fafsa home and the, the parents said oh no like we we don't make enough money for that you know and like no that that's the reason. That's the point. That's why you have to I get you know, money because you don't out. have it. Yeah. Right. Um, and so there's actually an advantage to not right. having money, you know, in, in certain ways. But when you don't, uh, there, there's just a, a lot of awareness and there's systemic things, you know, that right. um, you're just not aware of and you don't talk about and it's not part of your mm-hmm. worldview. And so unless you are intentional, unless you find ways, you know, to, you know, to, talk with that or kind of break that, that system, Mm -hmm. um, and, and journey with people. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and there's no, there's no better way to break that mentality than to actually know a person. Um, I, I always say it because it's just kind of been my world in the past few years, but, um, Stopping myself from saying the phrase the homeless Mm -hmm. um, came after I met a bunch of people uh, sleeping periodically around the Mm -hmm. church. And I'm like, there's no one person here. (laughs) Like they all they all have wildly different stories. Some of them are um, Mm -hmm. like ended up there like a couple of them ended up there because of choices they made in their past a couple of them ended up because they uh they lost their house or got in an accident or something like there was right. there there were such wide stories some were uh very well read some could barely speak mm-hmm. um and getting to know people and their names and their histories changed that entirely for me um and and i mean i think that uh that kind of thing can happen in any situation like you were you were talking about uh this this group of what people might call troubled kids at your camp and then and then you start to meet them and you're like oh there's 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 a whole lot of diversity here Mm -hmm. a whole lot of brokenness a whole lot of diversity and a whole lot of human. Yeah. And I think that was that's been something that I've been learning for years now is that mm-hmm. 
people need to remember that they're that they're human and that they matter because there's something that is lost when trauma happens and when they're like, oh, I I don't have value. I I have been been told this or I've been shown this by abuse or by whatever. And now I've now I know I don't matter. Now I know. And it's like, oh mm. whoa, how do I how do I combat that? And to say like, no, they were wrong. Those people were wrong to do that to you. And that you do matter. Um, and I think that that week was I very profound for me to see mm. um, these kids that were at camp. And I was, I was glad I met them at a camp because there was lots of fun that was had. But there's lots of depth in that camp too because it was very intentional, you know. Yeah. Yeah, um, so I always go to what are what are some of the like struggles that you found in your line of work, but but I think what I'd actually like to hear from you if you Which have list, yeah, yeah, I, <laughs> right. Do you have an hour? Um, uh, um, I I think what I'd like to hear if you if you have an answer to this, like what are some things that you think based on your experience, people, normal people could do to maybe combat their own, their own biases about mm. people or their own thoughts about people. Mm. Um, what, what worked for you to help, um, to help you change your opinion about different groups of people? Um, I think really just, question. Oh. sorry. Yeah. I think just, um, being, willing to just hear their stories, you know, like you were kind of talking about the people that are sleeping outside of your church, that they all are different and unique and they're not, the, they're not the same. Mm-hmm. And, um, so that the camp experience was one, um, I was just kind of thrown into, I didn't choose like the, I didn't <laughs> say, okay, I'm going to go to this camp with a couple rough chicas like i'm i'm going can you give me the worst ones (laughs) yeah give me the worst i got them yeah um because that's not easy that's not easy you you know a lot of times when you are going to a camp to work at a camp you're thinking oh i'm gonna have fun i'm gonna you know and then they're like these are these are some yeah some rough (laughs) kids and i'm like oh oh okay and so that one was kind of thrown at me but that almost was kind of perfect in a way because mm. I don't know if I would have sought it out myself right. because we don't necessarily seek out dangerous situations where a child might run out in the middle of the night into the woods. That doesn't sound <laughs> like fun to me. But then after meeting them and being kind of tossed into that, I had someone with me too. I was with another, you know, we, there was a co-counselor. There was two of us. It was, it wasn't just me. And, um, facing that on and then kind of realizing um, through that journey. Um, and then when I, I lived in Chicago, there was homeless people everywhere. Mm-hmm. And we you know, started doing this ministry, feeding the homeless and having Bible study with them and meeting them where they, where they are, <laughs> mm-hmm. on the street, in their, that's their house. The streets are their house. Yeah. And, you know, some of them joked around when I was like, oh, about like 
where they lived and they're like, this is my house right here. And they're like, yeah. And they see a number and they're like, 847. That's my, that's my address under the bridge. 847. That's what I see every day. That's my address. If you want an address, you know, people, people ask me for an address. That's me. And, but just getting to know their personalities and stuff and, and having their, their, um, them let down their walls. It's like, wow. Yeah. Now I know you. Now when I walk past you on the street, you're not another person that is on the street. You're you are you're Tony. Yeah. I know you now and you you have a story and you've a you have a a you, a personhood. Uh, yeah. It's interesting you uh, you brought up and I never really thought about this. Uh it was camp that you said you would never have done on your own except mm. that you thought you were going to camp and and you would have never said give me give me the tough kids you no. you would have wanted to to but you also can't leave camp you're like right. you're once you're there you're there and so right. you you kind of were were forced in a way to to Face try try stuff. out these try out these new experiences and and get to know some people that you wouldn't have on your own. You were when you went out uh, feeding people and getting to know their story. You were doing it with a group. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes I think these structured things are a good a good first step, a good way to uh, get your toe in the water. Like you right. you hear these uh, these. Um, these stories and you you think these idealized thoughts of oh I'm gonna go help a bunch of people but you don't right. you don't really know how and right. it's uh, scary as hell kind of and so yeah. you think I'm not gonna do I I can't I can't go <coughs> ah still got some habanero seeds in in my throat um <laughs> josh and i shot the worst video ever david david eats habanero this. peppers for breakfast so. I, I did today uh <laughs> anyway i you wouldn't you wouldn't normally do these things on your own you'd like to say that yeah. you would but you don't right but these structured uh situations are a good way to get your mm. foot in the door and and to try this out and to find out that those scary people, um, yeah, they're a little rough around the edges, but they're also wonderful humans. Yep. Um, the thing it's the thing that strikes me, or the observation that I make, is like that experience for you, Terry. It wasn't, it wasn't really to get your foot in the the door, as much as like. Because, again, like you didn't set out to do that. And like we have experiences, and, and as a pastor, I'm going to say that God gives us experiences. God, you know, places experiences or opportunities in our life that radically change the trajectory in which we're going. Um, yep. Like you were on a drama team. <laughs> I was on a drama team. And right. so one would expect that, camps. you know, like, yeah, you're on a drama, you're, you're going to camps, you're, you know, using your, your talents as drama. Like you're going to end up as a movie star or on Broadway or acting or something like that would that be the, the trajectory. That, that was the goal. Yeah. <laughs> but somehow then God gives you this opportunity, right. you know, to, to be a counselor to this group and it changes mm. the trajectory of, right. of your life. Yeah, um, I left that camp and I was like, I'm meant to be working with young women to empower them. Yeah, that's so cool. 
That's that, so cool. Yeah. I, I was thinking um, this random thought coming out here. So season one, towards the end, maybe the last episode, we interviewed Kelly, um, Pastor Kelly at Grace. And the thing that struck me, he said he quit hundreds of times in ministry. Yeah. But he kept coming back to that experience, you know, and so for each of us, that, that, that quote unquote, that experience, you know, is, is different, but the importance of having something of that, because, you know, like you've, you've wanted to quit and throw in the towel numerous times. I'm quite sure. Um, I think I can speak with confidence of, (laughs) I don't know what you're talking about. (laughs) Um, Josh, how could you? (laughs) But to fall, maybe that's being presumptuous. <laughs> um, but to fall back on that, you know, like having having those that uh, that that experience, you know, in my relationship with my wife, you know, like I've wanted to quit lots of times, but having those experiences, having the um, oh, the vows that we made, you know, and that that life together, is something to kind of fall back to and, and hold on, you know? And so God brings us these things, I think as opportunities to be those, those stones in the old Testament, right. where you read of stones that were set up, you know, or, or altars that were set up to, that you could come back and, and remember what God did in, in right. that moment. And who knows, I might still be a movie star. Uh, a movie star. It could happen, but I don't really feel like that's where I'm heading right now. <laughs> I'm not, doing anything for that i'm really yeah but it's yeah it's kind of crazy how things come in 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 your life and you're like oh um and my my even getting my degree in psychology that wasn't i wasn't heading towards mm. hollywood you know it was like yeah that was yeah right but they they these experiences help grow you anyway like you're um even if you were to um, go down a different path, you still now have a mind yeah. that and and a heart that wants to help and serve people. Like these these things grow you, and these things um, enhance the right. uh, whatever trajectory you end up going down. Like it's, um, I've I've just sort of been learning and realizing lately that it's all beneficial. I've, I, Stephen Dilworth always says if, uh, any, any, uh, Christian leader worth their salt has written their, uh, their resignation letter dozens of times. And, you know, we all have, but, um, but in, in those moments when I think, should I, should I still be doing this? I think, well, you know, if I threw in the towel, that's, that's eight years of schooling wasted. That's countless hours of work wasted. But then I also think, well, if my life took a different path, it's not really wasted. Like, right, none of it's like wasted. my, my heart and my mind are better equipped to um, to, do a lot to of benefit the world, no matter what I'm doing. Right. And, and I think that's that's definitely true in your life as well. You're mm-hmm. gonna, I mean, if if you were in Hollywood, you'd be in Hollywood with a heart and a mind right. and a desire to right. help other people as well. Mm-hmm. And you still could. The dad from Frasier didn't start acting till he was almost forty. So right. So <laughs> <laughs> well, and I there's been a um, yeah no I I was I. 
Sorry, I'm like rambling for no, like my which direction does my brain want to actually yeah. <laughs> um it's like <laughs> I I feel like acting and and making people laugh is really um life-giving in yeah. a lot of ways yeah. and can be really powerful. Um I think dramas can be moving and compelling in ways that are transformative. Yep. And so um Using the arts to bring life to people, like that thread still lies there. It's different, but it's still um, the same. Yeah. Like, yeah, and, and I don't know. And that's kind of the cool part about it is no matter what, you can't take what we've, what we've learned in our, in our past we're bringing it with us. Mm-hmm. We've already learned it. We're not going to be like, yeah, I don't work at a homeless shelter anymore. So homeless people don't matter. <laughs> no, like they still matter because I, that, that's never going to go away. Right. I've already, like that's already been decided in, in like there's the little foundational pieces that are being built as we grow. And those are, that's a piece that has been a foundational piece that has now been laid in my life. Well, I just made this up, but it sounds good. No, it's great. Like, <laughs> I'm in my own head. Sorry, that sounds cocky, but in my mind, it makes sense. Of, like the, the we lay down foundational yeah. pieces that are like, this is a cornerstone now. Like this is not gonna leave. I love God, and I know that God has come through for me in in numerous times in my life. Like that's something that is one of those foundational pieces of me. So no matter what I'm doing, God is still there in it, mm-hmm. and it looks mm-hmm. different, and it might play out different, but like that's still. It never leaves. Um, All right. So shifting slightly, ever so slightly. um, (laughs) With your your work. I shifted my imaginary car. (laughs) (laughs) Um, With your work with Community of Hope, um, you have, and I I think we could all agree on this, the privilege of working under and with uh, Linda Joe Devlamic yes. and Linda Joe is wow. like one of David and I's, you know, personal heroes. Mm-hmm. Um, we mm-hmm. had her on, you know, at the beginning of season one. Um, and, uh, just, I, I, I love her story. Um, so can you tell us, here's all the secrets. Yeah. Tell <laughs> us what, what, what it's, what it's like, you know, like working with her, yeah. um, kind of, daily um or on a regular basis um yeah yeah. um so i know not all the listeners will know who linda joe is but linda joe is a lot of people think of her as like mother Teresa. (laughs) she loves it when you say that too she she's so funny because she's like people call me that i don't get it like She's like, why do people call me Mother Teresa? I'm not Mother Teresa. And what's funny is one day as we're talking, because we'll have these little times where we just sit in these two little chairs and we just talk about things. And that's part of our job is to like, she's mentoring me and training me to be better at my job and to be able to do my job and to be still okay. Because she's learned the hard way that it's really a hard job. And she's like, I don't think that you should be here for the rest of your life. I think (laughs) that you should be here for maybe like five years. Maybe more. Who knows? Mm. But because it's really, really, you're giving a lot of yourself in, in the work. And um, so as we're sitting there and she's like, yeah, so when I 
I met Mother Teresa, and I'm like, what? <laughs> like, what? Is that real? Yeah, she like met Mother Teresa, and she's telling me this story, but it's just so, you know, Linda Joe. She's just like, she doesn't have. She's not trying to have any clout or anything like that. She's just mm-hmm. a servant. She's yeah. a servant. She has such a servant heart. And uh, I was um, talking to her about that, like just what it feels like to to be referred to as Mother Teresa or people thinking that. And she's like, well, I know that I'm not. And I know that um, that we're all saints if we are um, children of God and, you, you know, are devoted to God, then we're, we're saints. And, and just watching her as she talks to um, residents and the way that she just does it, mm. it's just... It's incredible how um, she's she somehow is able to maintain these are the guidelines, these are the rules, and I love you. Like there's always love in everything that she does. And I was it's really sad. And, uh, Linda Joe, if you hear this, I don't know. Anyhow, <laughs> I'm painting this door that's gonna be later on gonna be the desk on you know at our in our office, and I'm painting the door. And I just had had a really big, mo- you know, moment with Linda Jo where I'm like, wow, I'm just learning so much from this incredible woman. And she's she's older than me. And I was just thinking as I'm painting this door, a really sad thought of like, oh, my gosh, most likely I'm going to be at her funeral. Mm. And not for a while, like long time. But I just was like, wow. And I started, my eyes just started tearing up and tears are coming down my face. I'm painting this door. Like nothing is happening. I'm just thinking. And I'm like, wow, what an honor, an incredible gift it has been and has will continue to be to learn. I am working partner as a partner with her in such like a very good work, you know, very hard work, but very... Um, and, and I'm learning, I get to learn from Linda Joe. Like, wow, that's an honor. And, um, I just don't, I don't even know what all to say about what it is to learn under her. Um, it's, she shows, I mean, it, she just has a lesson. If, if she should write a book and I know that she has, she has written a book. Um, and I, I'm like, I can I know that she's written a book, but. I don't know if she wants people to know that. See, that's that's who she well, is. See. She doesn't tell people these things. And then you're like, what? You wrote a book? She wrote a book. But like, what's interesting about Linda Joe is that she's, it's like the Catholic, she said that pe- Catholic publishers won't publish it because it's it's too Protestant. And Protestant people <laughs> won't publish it because it's too Catholic. And she's like, okay, well, that's great. fine. Fine. Uh, and huh. I'm like, so it's Christian? Okay. Publish the book, guys. It's gonna be it's it's gonna be good. You can independently so. publish things. I gotta get like my hands on that manuscript. I think I know. Pretty easy to do now, but we need to do it. So that's our goal. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. That's yeah. oh, that's. Can funny. it be published by Unsuccess Podcast with Josh and David? Sure. <laughs> Sponsored by. Blurb. Sponsored by. <laughs> <laughs> We need to get our sponsorship up <laughs> yeah, first. Yeah. All right. So who wants to sponsor we, us? <laughs> we have we have so many sponsors. We make tons of money from this podcast. <laughs> nope, not even a dime. But 
uh, we meet some fun people, so mm. it's worth it. Well, um, I know uh, you've got to get back to work, and Josh has to get back to work. But we thank you so much for being here. This has been a yeah, yeah. This has been a great conversation. Man, yeah. Um, yeah, and and you're not hiccuping anymore. Yeah, it's true. It's true. The, the habanero seeds the from habanero your breakfast is fully in my stomach now. Now I just get to look forward to <laughs> severe pain for the rest of the day. Probably. Oh gosh! Yeah, good time. Worth it. Yeah, uh. yeah. It'll it'll be a funny <laughs> video. It'll be online pretty soon. So <laughs> check our uh, link below. Um, it's gonna be there. Yeah. On... Yeah, we'll probably post it somewhere. I, I don't know where. It'll be funny. Yeah. <laughs> Anyway, thanks so much, Terry, for being here. Yeah, on. thanks for yeah. having me. Can't, or are you going to invite people to find Terry? Oh, yeah, that's right. I forgot how our podcast works. Um, Are you on social media anywhere? Facebook, Instagram? Yeah, mostly Instagram. It's at Terry Ann's. So it's T-E-R-R-I-E-A-N-N-S. Wonderful. Because Terry Ann was taken. So I'm like, well. Oh, Terry that's Ann's. garbage. Yeah, Terry Every, Everything's always taken. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, even people that are like celebrities are like, someone took my name before me. <laughs> I heard like, that. I feel bad for them. I, heard I, I that. don't know. I, don't, I think I've said this before, but um, there is another pastor, Josh Hawk. No. He pastors no. in that in Nashville, Tennessee. You know One day, I'm... he and I are going to meet, and we're going to like... Who's the real Josh Who's the, who's the real Josh? So, <laughs> we gotta so have what a is your temperament? It. What if you guys are really similar, and you're like, shut up, shut up. <laughs> but no. it, it's, it comes out in like in in all the web addresses and handles and things, you know, like, oh well, I can't use Pastor Josh Hawk either. <gasps> you, know, and... you know what I just and found that's out? you. That's so weird. This was news to me as of Thursday of last week. I met the... New, I mean, he's been there for like two years, but I met him for the first time, the youth pastor at University Park Baptist, and he said, there is a Pastor David Libby in Vancouver, Washington. Get out of <laughs> here. Like, which, as I've said before, is Portland. Um, he's he's Portland. literally across the river. And it's another state. He's spelled, <laughs> spelled the same way. He That's lives so in weird. another state. Well, guys... Though. Can I just say, I probably have you beat. My last name's Smith, so <laughs> oh, stop. <laughs> like, yeah, fair. it has someone with the same name that's as me. Fair. I'm like, yeah, join yeah. the club. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I, heard, I heard that. Um, no surprise. <laughs> this, was, this was like 20 years ago, but I read in a magazine that there was a club, like an official club for Jim Smith's. That had, <gasps> My like, brother. that had like 1,500 people That's in it. That's so funny. It was, it was an actual national club I'll have to tell for my brother. Jim Smiths. Yeah. My brother James. Yeah. You can go by Jim. Why not? Yeah. L- Jimmy? L- look Jim? it up. I don't I don't know if it's still around. I That's imagine so it is funny. somewhere. Okay. Uh, when I have four brothers, and when people are like, oh, my, like, I'm like, oh, my brother's, my brother has that same name, like my brother's yeah. David. And they're like, oh, that's so cool. I'm like, oh, I have four brothers. So it's it's like not, I mean, it yeah. is kind of cool, but it's not like I have one brother named, you know. Right. And they're yeah. all, they're all pretty, Jim and David are all are pretty Jim, ordinary names. James, David, yeah, Jacob, yeah. Daniel. Yeah. They're all, yeah. They've all got people with the same but, name. <laughs> you know, can I, okay, last thing is that I have been, this is a true story. Like people have hit on me like this. Okay, ready? They're like. Their last name is Smith, and like, hey, you wouldn't have to change your last name. And I'm like, oh, oh that's God. gross. I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. All right. Hey, next. Cool. That is, that is exactly what I look for in a spouse. And then I Ariana Grande them. Thank you. Next. Yeah. yeah right. 
<laughs> yeah, I I'm like mm. I look I, I I have exactly one factor in a future spouse. They need to have the same last name as me. I'm I like and that's mine is like I need them yeah. not to have the same right. last name because I'm like, no, I'd like right. to change my could last I, name. Could <laughs> I not? Yeah. <laughs> I was a Smith will be what I say. I, that's what yeah. I'm hoping. Yeah. If you change your name, then maybe we could date. <laughs> yeah, then maybe we're on. Yeah. yeah. Well, wonderful. Thanks so much for being on, Terry. Yeah. Thank you. Guys. And for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David. And I'm Josh. And what is our send off now? Say until next time. Until next time. Until next time. Until next time.